This room is full. I'm really pleased. Thank you. Um, so um, we every for the last number of years we've been doing a historians panel where we talk about some historical aspect of the Beatles. Um, Kira Toole was supposed to be here. Unfortunately, she couldn't come to the fest uh, here now because she had a family emergency. But she is with us in spirit. We miss her on our panel. And Scott Erickson, who is normally our resident musician on the panel, also couldn't be here because of a family emergency. Things like that happen, and we will miss Scott very much too. Uh, I don't know if they're watching. Well, they're not watching us online because they're not broadcasting this room, unfortunately. Um, I wish they were, but they're not. Um, so we um, decided that this year uh, we had some, because with the release of Now and Then, uh, that we had some stuff to talk about regarding uh, quote-unquote new Beatles songs, and not just Now and Then, but we're going to talk about um, Free as a Bird and Real Love as well, and whether it's really the end of Beatles history. Uh, and... I don't, I don't know that it is, but I'm going to kind of um, throw this out to my panelists. Just before we go uh, on, I want to introduce my panelists. On the far left is Andy Nichols. You probably have uh, seen him in many panels this weekend. He's um, one of the podcasters on the radio show Two Legs, a Paul McCartney solo podcast. Uh, with, with my uh, partner, Yadi, his partner over there. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, to my immediate left is my husband, Jim Ryan, who is also a Beatles scholar and historian. Thank you. And I have to say he's my husband, because otherwise people go, why do they have the same last name? And is, is this some kind of conspiracy? It's not. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> to my immediate right is Caitlin Larkin of the Beatles channel. Um, we're so glad that Caitlin is here with us. Um, Thank you. And what's weird is that Caitlin and I have known each other for a very long time, long before she was on the Beatles channel. We've been... Facebook friends, like, for 15 years, we figured something yeah. like that. And I found out today that my brother went to high school with her cousin. So that's just weird. Here in New York, go figure. And to the far right is um, Janet Davis. She is a research librarian and um, scholar, and she has been on these panels many, many times. And I'm going to just throw this out to the group. Um, so in 1995, when the Beatles anthology came out, we got um, Free as a Bird which was, of course, a John Lennon demo, and they, uh, Yoko Ono gave it to the other, th the other three Beatles and asked them if they could make something of it, and they did. The technology was very different, of course, and when we get to talking about now and then, we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, I w first I want to say is what did people on the panel, and we might throw it out to the audience too because we do that, what did you think of that when it came out? Did you think it was a Beatles song? Did you think it was something else? Did you... Did you think it was a continuation of the Beatles' legacy? What did you think? It was a Beatles song, 100%. Okay. I think so, too, but I just wonder what anybody else might think. Yeah, absolutely, a thousand percent, and I remember that so distinctly because it was the first time in my lifetime being a millennial that, oh my goodness, there's new Beatles music, which I never thought would ever happen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we never did. I mean, it was funny. I... I watched the anthology with Jim and um, you know they would give you that countdown like there was that, that countdown to when the song would come on and you know it, the anticipation is building right and funnily enough I hardly remember my first listening to the song Jim I remember it more than me because I immediately we were sitting in, in the bedroom and I clutched a pillow to my chest and began sobbing so I don't remember anything else Susan pop question what was the song they were playing to close the credits out during the countdown I don't remember I was waiting for the countdown but they were counting it down don't I you know but I, I don't remember yes. actually yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry, what was it? you can't do that alright so yeah, yeah alright so you see, you see where my 
Don't ask me to remember things. I'm old. <laughs> um, but no, look, I was just waiting for that song. I didn't care what they were playing. I wanted the new song. Jim, did you have something to say about this? Well, it's. Um, I think we can't really discuss the past of the Beatles and the future of the Beatles without bringing up the fact that there is a major difference between the three new songs that came out and everything we've had before, and that's late-age capitalism. Um, the main reason I bring up late-stage capitalism is because it's an entirely different milieu under which it has been done and an entirely different environment. We could talk about the end of Beatles history as it, of, as it is of that period, and then we could say that everything that's come out since then is under an entirely different model. So we could technically say it's the uh, 2.0 version. I guess so. Yeah, that's it's an interest. That's an interesting concept. I think so. Yeah, um, Janet. And what about you? Yeah, talking about real, real love and free. Took right bird, into this. Um, I'm going to just invite us all to step back for a minute because from 1970 to 80, um, we can remember that one of the biggest questions and discussions was, are the Beatles going to get back together again? And of course, in those years, they did not. Um, I looked. One of the things I looked at was Newsweek's coverage of the 1995 event. They said, waiting for the Beatles has been an international pastime for 25 years at that point, making it the longest held breath in pop history. All the other groups had had some semi-reunions, the supergroups, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, and all that sort of thing. But the Beatles had been the lone holdouts, so that when you had a song that included all four of them, it was so amazing and special for us. And absolutely, if there are four of the ex-Beatles on a song, it's a Beatles song. I believe that as well, but mm -hmm. I just wondered what the other panelists thought, because some, some people, not anybody in this room, mind you, people who are not Beatles people, would go, that's not the Beatles, that's a joke, which I've heard that from people, but they're not people that I really care to hear from. <laughs> um, so, um, and then, of course, we got Free as a Bird later, um, which was, uh, funnily enough, we were Free as a Bird first and Real Love later, I meant. Um, I, I cried through the first listening of um, Free as a Bird, but now, with, with hindsight of many years, um, I can tell you that while I like both of the songs, I like Real Love better. Um, but it's funny, because I um, I had a lot of the, those tracks, you know, there was those those um, bootleg records of the Lost London Tapes uh, programs. I have a whole bunch of them, and certainly had heard the demo versions of those songs for a long time because I listened to them and heard them. So they weren't unknown quantities, but they were very different than what ultimately was was released. And the same thing you could say about now and then. And um, Janet gave us some some like uh, inter information mm -hmm. that she because it's lovely having a research librarian on this on this panel. I will have to say because she does she does such impeccable research to get us stuff mm -hmm. to kind of get us going. And um, she said there was an interview in 1995 where um, Jeff Lynne talked about recording three tracks and one of them was now and then, yes. but uh, the words weren't finished and of course the technology was different. So. In fact, I would probably be able to postulate that Now and Then should have been at the beginning of Anthology 3, considering the format that they had there. And the fact that we didn't get that, but an alternate piece was probably because of technical issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Didn't have it. No, yeah. The, the technology wasn't there at all. In fact, uh, the getting jumping way forward to Now and Then, 
um, you know how they ha they did it sort of in stages. They had the little little interview, and then they had the little clip, and then they had the you know before they actually released the song. And when we watched the little making of film on on Disney Plus, um, and they just played that tiny little clip, mm -hmm. and I turned to Jim and I said, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, it was it was just I, it, the 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 yeah. voice quality was amazing, and I'd never yeah. So the technology did not exist, and I think we're lucky in that. This was they were able to do that with this song. Um, it was even technology that didn't exist with the other two songs. Right. Yeah. So um, you know, but I think we should be consider ourselves lucky that technology existed for all three of them that we could just, get yes. them of the time. Yes, exactly. Yes. Whatever that technology right. turned out to be. I wanted to ask. Uh, I'm sure Caitlin would agree. Did you know Freeze the Bird at all before it came out in the I demo didn't, form? No. Same. Not a clue. Didn't have the bootlegs, didn't have anything. Because we were younger, we yeah. less, if you were younger, we didn't have access to the Walsh Lennon tapes. Real, uh, real love we knew because it was in Imagine, Imagine John Lennon. Yes. Yes. That, that's yes. exactly what I was just going to say. Mm -hmm. But like, what is this Freeze a Bird? Because we were just too young to know what that could be. And so like, to, obviously you knew, you you had some semblance of knowledge of how the song goes as a demo, Susan. And because yeah, you were collectors. I did, because, because. We didn't. We were like, what's this going to be? Remember, yeah. this was, this was the early nineties and you could, you still had to go to a record store and buy records. And if you went to a really good record store, you could buy Bootleg records. Yeah, <laughs> and there was—I mean, there were some stores down in Greenwich Village. I knew I had my suppliers. I also had suppliers. I'm gonna say—I can say it now. It's safe. I had suppliers here at the fest. I know we all did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. And, third, and, third floor. And we all, yeah, we all knew about we all knew about the room, right? And and, and you know, you you had your supplier who got you the stuff. <laughs> So yes, I mean it was it was a very different time because now with the internet you can now with the internet you can find anything. So you know it's not the same. I, I don't know. It was a lot of fun seeking that stuff out. I will say. I mean, there, there's still part of the thrill out there. Yeah. But part of the thrill was sorting through the record bins and finding something that you'd never seen before. And then it was kind of like, wow, what is this? And then looking at it, going, this is not an official release. Oh, I'm buying this. You know, that kind of thing. And but you had to fork about 30 bucks for like a CD. Like, yeah. At least. Record. Yeah, it was a record. Or the illicit CD. The records weren't even very expensive. Um, I think I think I was paying somewhere between 15 and $20 for those albums. They weren't, at that point, there were so many of them um, that they weren't expensive. You know, you could, when I was first a fan in the late 70s, that was, you know, they were very expensive and very hard to get and very bad quality. Things improved. So, um, does anybody else, um, I mean, on the panel, um, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, does anybody want to talk about some of the material, the quotes that we have here or that we, because there's some stuff about, um, in the New York Times this year, um, there were some quotes about the last song with contributions from all four Beatles. Um, but they called it, an, it's not a grand finale, it's a wistful postscript. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there's another quote here that says, In Free as a Bird and Real Love, Lennon sang about connection, but now and then copes with separation, one that has now been made final by mortality. The song can't compare to the music the four Beatles made together in the 60s, but all it can do is remind li listeners of a synergy, musical and personal, that's now lost forever. Um, that's, in terms, in, in those terms, yes. I think that's why it hits so emotionally for so many people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because 
I don't think unless there's something out there that none of us know about, which I think all of us here in this room are pretty well versed and we know what's going on, uh, unless they decide to randomly release Carnival of Light, which will never happen. Huh. No. Um, but I know that they kept, you know, booking this as the last Beatles song because, well, it is. Yeah. Oh, I think it, it, is. it ties up a major loose end because, as we know, during the 1995 releases, they kept talking about this third song, which I don't know, we didn't know what to do with it. Now, we're all going to want to know what that was, and we all want to hear that, unless it was Carnival of Light. But, yeah. but my point is, we knew it existed, and we're, we're lucky we waited long enough for them to be able to really make it an actual song that works. Yeah. I think we are very lucky that we got it, but it's interesting because I don't know if anybody else has had a discussion like this with other people. I had a discussion with my son, who's 25 and a Beatles fan from pre-birth, um, but we were talking and he he came out uh, to and he just said to me, well, what do you think of the new Beatles song, which I didn't expect was going to come out of his mouth. That was like weird, but because... Um, he doesn't talk about that kind of stuff normally. Um, and I said to him, you know, I'm, I'm glad it was released. It's nice to have. He, he wanted to know what I thought about it song-wise. And I, I didn't want to go there because I didn't want to give him any ideas to say things to me. Um, but I'm wondering what other people thought. Like, what do, you, what do you think of it in terms of it's, we got it and it's great and we know what it is. Do you think it's wonderful? Do you think it's okay do you think what do you think about it you know show of hands yeah well and we well we're talking about um, i'm sorry we're talking about now and no, then no. but i think it's great for what it is you can't compare it to anything that they created but as a postscript as you mentioned it's exactly what it's supposed to be it has the sentiment it has the heartfeltness it's all in there anybody kind of dissecting it as a proper Beatles song is doing it, you can't do it that way. And some people do that. And I don't think you can with this song. I think that's, it's not. It's not. But I think that people are dissecting it like it is. And you right. can't do that with this song. It also contains the universality that most really good Beatles songs contain. Is it yes. about, you know, is it something that I can internalize? Is it really between John and Paul? And I don't know if any of you were um, in here for Frida's program just a couple hours ago. And she talked about her first listen to it and how her impression was that it was a gift from John to Paul. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can all see that. Janet, you yeah. quoted this on your notes, and I it was from the New York Times Review. The Beatles, about now and then, that they're it, the vehicles for the transmission of feelings too powerful for normal speech. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. Mm -hmm. And I think every Beatles song, that's what makes this a Beatles song. Correct. Because we all have that emotional connection with it in some way and it hits deep mm -hmm. when you're the kind of person who comes to Beetlefest and I still call it Beetlefest because I'm old well, when when the, the convention formerly known as Beetlefest whatever um, when you're the kind of person that comes here this kind of stuff resonates with you in a way it doesn't resonate with a casual fan you know uh, people who are just like the Beatles are okay might have a nice day at a fest, but they aren't going to come to a panel like this. They aren't going to understand the deep emotional tie that we all have to this. And regardless of age, because we're all different ages on this panel. So, yes, it, it is. It is uh, the quote that Andy said: "A vehicle for transmission of feelings too powerful for normal speech" has been true of so many Beatles songs. 
and everybody's got their favorite that hits them right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's those average listeners that are the ones that are comparing now and then to, well, it's no a day in the life. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you have those people that are doing that. It's yes. like, oh, well, it's not I want to hold your hand. And yeah. it's like, come on. I, I can say that, thank goodness, my son did learn something from me, and he's not one of those people. <laughs> no, he, he felt something with it, but he wanted my opinion before he told me. Um, so um, now, going back to the, the previous, no, the, the topic of the panel that we kind of said, do you think that this is the end of the Beatles musical history? Do you think, th- or do you think there will be something? F, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The reason I say that is that I've been in a number of different panels and more than once has been brought up the fact that the tapes for the Hamburg show have actually been finding their way through things that suppose there's some rumors that Peter Jackson's gotten their hands his hands on it but he does actually okay so at that point you can use the machine learning algorithms again in order to pick us up a wonderful um, star Star Club show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should also point out that we were talking about the uh, footage that um, for promoting now and then, and the fact that it included HD upgraded footage from Anthology. Mm-hmm. Goes back in ni- 1995. They didn't have that. So <laughs> anniversary set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, Is there anybody here? Come on, Caitlin. You have pull. Okay. <laughs> you're the one. Oh, Caitlin, I have no. Caitlin, you're thinking too little. <laughs> yes, I mean, they could conceivably reclear the rights in order to get that back again. I mean, God knows Disney's on their side now. Yeah. But um, the fact that there were also bits from that where music was done, including a couple of songs we see pieces of in the original, it's not hard to imagine that there is other material that is there that could be made into a new EP that comes out of this. We will probably have Beatles stuff coming until such a point when the cadre that we are now, people who are in our group, are no longer part of corporate movement. I mean, there's a lot of people who are our age who are in positions of power in many S&P 500 companies. When they're all gone and new groups come out, they'll say, yeah, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. Maybe we can hold off. And even if they do by that point, there's probably still going to be some stuff out there that they can comb out. There's always stuff. We know that that they have stuff. You know, that the stuff that they're sitting on, we wish they would release. Even stuff that we we wish they would. Re- they didn't release Let It Be yet, did they? You know, I won't believe that that'll happen until I'm holding one in my hand right. at this point. Because what has it been, 40 years or something that we've been waiting for? I mean, it, I'm give, I've given up on that Look, one. I know everyone <laughs> in this room would lose their minds if they even put thinking of linking on a 45 and released it. Yes. Yeah. All of us yes. would buy it. Yes. That's a great yes. song, though. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And but yes. um, Janet, do you have any um, opinions about what we've just been chatting about? I just wonder Things if that that are things that might be you know whether this is the end of Beatles history and we don't think it is but you might so we'll talk about what you think Uh, well I don't know I I I certainly I think we all hope there's some undiscovered gem or story or that sort of thing I think in some ways I'm ready for it it to be wound down because we have the two surviving Beatles who are now in their 80s and how long can you string it out with no surviving Beatles, which I hope is not for a long time. 
So uh, I don't know. I'm open to if they, if they put out something that's great, I'll definitely be getting. Well, it. even the little pieces that we got in the Get Back docu series, where there's so many snippets of little jams that they even gave proper titles for. Exactly. That exactly the point. Like they could put that on a compilation and release that, and we would all eat it up, yeah, even right. if it's like 15 second clips. Absolutely. Do it. Absolutely. Yes. They had to to yes. be used, of yeah. course, in the film. So they had to yeah. do all those publishing rights. But who yeah. knows how much they're sitting on? Yeah, well, we all know they're sitting on something. Oh, I think yes, the so opportunity for archival stuff it will last forever. Yeah. New music, I think, probably is done, in my yeah. opinion. Because well, all right. So there, there we go with this. That we were talking about this in the car on the way over here. That um, this is the last Beatles song, right? And then Paul McCartney kind of gave an interview and he said. Well, I don't know, maybe. I mean, Peter Jackson has some stuff, you well, know. And, and I, I don't know about anybody well, else. Let's, let's keep in mind that um, the new Google camera has this feature that says you can change your history as you want at the touch of a button. Once that's out of the bag and we start accepting that relatively, uh, embracing that as much as they do, we could conceivably have new... Beatles music out of two notes that were found somewhere because we're willing to accept the extrapolations from a, some subroutine thereby. But that wouldn't be a Beatles song. That would be a joke. It would be, although considering how much we're willing to go in on the joke as of late. Well, fair. I, I kind of wish uh, that, I wish he hadn't said that for one thing because it's like, uh, you, want, you want to say to him, Paul, sweetie, that's enough, <laughs> you know? We love you, but that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we all, we would, you know, we would love it, but maybe we wouldn't. If you know what, yeah, you know yeah, I'm saying yeah, that yeah. it's like, would it be a good yeah. idea? Maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, I want to just throw this out to any, if anybody yes. has any other comments, because we, what, on this panel, we try to engage you guys, and then we have a conversation. Please, so if you have anything that you want to say about what you think of these songs? Yes. I have comments. I want to. St- I'm going to throw out an ugly, ugly term. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. I was going to go there. Jeez, uh, Mom. That is Mom. That really is Mom. That really is Mom. When Paul said that he used AI, I wanted to shoot him. I'm like, how do you go and say that? It's, it's to me, it's not AI. It wasn't. No. no. I want yeah, he it's not at all. spoke. I think he got caught up in the interview that he was giving at that time mm-hmm. and just gave the short answer, well, we've used AI, I, I, when that's not the case. I think Paul is key on buzzwords, and that at the time was very topical, AI, and I, I want to hit him. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this with no disrespect uh, meant to uh, Sir Paul. Um, he's you know, almost 82, and AI is a nice simple term that he can say, and does he really know what it means? Probably not. And yes, I got got a lot of comments from people, uh, all of us probably did, about it's AI, it's not real. Uh," And uh, well, the funny thing about, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Tom. But but they were always at the forefront of technology. Yes. We don't know if they would have welcomed, yeah, I mean, obviously we know Ringo and Paul have used auto-tune. Of course, of you course. Know, so maybe they would have uh, welcomed AI. Yeah, you know. but but AI 
means something different than what they did with this, obviously, as we know that. Um, this was this was technology to separate out the voices. It wasn't AI. They didn't. The, the, all the stuff that was going around on the internet about, oh my God, he's going to make himself sound younger so he sounds good. He's going to make himself sound younger so he sounds like well, John. We saw all those other videos popping up on YouTube, you yeah. know, like John Lennon sounding like Paul McCartney singing, you know, yeah. and that kind yes. of crap. So they I thought it was that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we've seen abuses of that. I mean, I sat through the video of Frank Sinatra singing Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. So, and that oh, actually that got a few oh, thousand that hits. <laughs> so that's yeah. why that's why I've got to imagine that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> no, it was. But now I'm curious. It was. It was. It's terrifying. That's all. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, but that's a very good point. I mm. wanted to smack him too. I get you. I wanted to just <laughs> stop. Don't do that. I see. Yes, back. Right. Right. I mean, for point. Right. 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 I mean, for point of clarification, machine learning is a component of artificial intelligence, but not actual the entirety of artificial. Smartphone does it. When Siri recognizes your voice when you dictate a text. Yes. Um, Well, was it? It was it probably an uh, analog version of AI when George Martin sat there and exactly. made four tracks into sixteen. You know, point, like yes. Was so, the soundtrack of love, AI. Ex more or less, yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. Over there. Right. But it was interesting because Paul said that, and then I think there was, I think, was it Sean Lennon who had to clarify yes. it? Yes, Sean you know, and to Twitter Sean's 48. So, like, there's a difference between a 48 year old guy and an 82 year old guy, you know? Please don't slap me for saying this, but sometimes when Paul opens his mouth, the only answer is, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> He's n y you're not wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I fall into that category. I fall into that category, too, though. So there you go. Well, and then my next question mm. for everybody right. is that now that we have this maltechnology and it's been used for now and then and it's beautiful, should it go back to free as a bird in real, lo in real love since they didn't have that component and to clean up the Lennon vocals the way it you know, would sound better, maybe. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's like the Star Wars thing where you get mm. films. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. All shot first. I would love <laughs> to just have no. both. Yeah, I would love to have both yeah. as well. I, I think that you're, I think you're absolutely right. But I also think that saying it doesn't exist anymore is ridiculous. But no. that's, yeah. No, but no, I know. No. But as, as, as Beatles people, when we, we know about really old stuff that they wiped, and then eventually somebody came to their senses and said, don't erase anything, and that's why Her Majesty is at the end of Abbey Road, because they stuck it at the end of the tape. So we'd rather have it mm -hmm. than deny that it exists. Mm -hmm. You were going to say? Yes. Um, the difference between... 
bird and, and now and then. To me, free as a bird sounds like a mix of the traveling Wilburys meets the Electric Light Orchestra meets the Beatles, the, the whole Jeff Lynne influence. Right. Yes, absolutely. I would love to hear a version of that which takes out a lot of that orchestration and just hear the pure vocals. Because I don't know about you, on uh, now and then, the moment John starts singing on that, you talk about crying on, on oh, yeah. oh yeah, yes. I was in tears. Yes. Sobbing. Uh, on now and then, sobbing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Cried. No, that was, yeah, yes. Well, it's a mystery to me why they didn't put the anthology singles on the end of the remastered Blue album. That was yeah. my next. Well, they wanted to kind of keep the emphasis on now and then with that. They didn't want yeah. to kind of, they wanted to keep that as its own little project, I think. But they still could have stuck it and stuck now and then as the very last thing, and it wouldn't have hurt it, I don't think. No. Maybe they're yeah. just saving it for the 30th anniversary. <laughs> she keeps dropping these hints. I, I don't have hints. I'm just, I'm manifesting it. I want this to exist. I no, I agree. I'm just joking, but yeah. We'll yeah. talk. 2025 is soon. I see a hand. Yes. And there must be so many different songs in there that mm -hmm. you don't even know about, perhaps. And that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that change our view to, I mean, I know that Get Back certainly changed my view of Beatles history, because because after all, all we ever had previous to that was Let It Be, which is a very, very, very different film. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. The whole narrative changed. We know they weren't at each other's, each other's throats. We knew that they weren't, like, painfully limping through this stuff and yet that was all we had up to the day that that other film came out but there's still so much missing w exactly. what peter jackson said there was what a 12 yeah. hour director's cut yes. that he yeah. wanted disney to release and they said no so there could be i think jeff jones, jeff jones apple should just say peter jackson here have at it take it all i feel like they have at this point i think right. he's got control of the entire archive so. i hope he does and i hope that it, look, it was lovely that Disney released Get Back. Uh, absolutely lovely. But maybe maybe Disney needs to keep their paws off of that a little bit. No, they're very yeah. controlling. And they are incredibly yes. controlling, and they won't. So Peter there's Jackson a reason, may There's have a reason it. why the uh, why the 2003 um, revisions of uh, Section 17 of USC are called the Mickey Mouse Codes. That's the, that's the laws about copyright? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He used to do copyrights for a living. That's He knows more about that stuff, the technical stuff. Yeah, any other comments? Yes. Uh, at an earlier panel, uh, someone at the end of said that uh, Peter Jackson bought the uh, Star Club case. Uh, I, I don't understand how he could have outbid Apple. Wow. I don't know that. I, I don't, don't know, know that. that necessarily that would be maybe something that would have been outbid. I prop. I would think from what I know, they're probably like, you should have this. Yeah. Yeah. This should be yours. Also, there's a difference between publishing rights and master rights. And um, if they were just offering that, and he said, we can give you master rights, but the rights to all the songs on this. Um, you have to go to the individual publishers for it. So, I mean, he could ho he could own the physical material, but can't do a thing with it right. commercially right. until he gets the other clearances. Yeah, I mean, that's that's back to why a lot of programs that had original music didn't have, like when WKRP was released on DVD and it didn't have the oh, original that was a music. Bad memory. <laughs> there, there, it, and, it, and that show loses. There you go. Because that show loses a lot without the original music. But it's also why um, it's hard to get 
real Beatles music in a film about the Beatles that's not Oh, the yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That'd be cool. The song lineups during the three years they changed. Yes. And we've never really gotten official live albums from that era. Yeah. And with the new technology now, maybe we can clear up a lot of the screaming. Yeah, I guess the the closest we got to that was the re release of Live at the Hollywood Bowl for eight days a week, so. Sure, I agree. I, I'm, and that it's stuff was recorded, yes. so yes. it would be nice to have it. Yeah, that's probably a very hot. Yeah, likely. well, that would be amazing, that yes. Be yeah. Back there. Oh, I'm just wait. All right, go ahead. And loud. I'd like Peter to clear up the early Yes. Oh, that'd be a dream. Hmm. Yeah, the stuff that's in the very beginning of anthology. That's all like yeah. sounds like it's been like it's five miles underground and in a toilet. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and even the stuff, the some stuff on live at the BBC where they had someone what it was recorded like off of someone's stereo. Yes. Like the, yes. the volume was so low. Let's get in on that. Let's raise the, raise mm-hmm. the volume. Mm-hmm. But th- it's funny because that's that's going back to the way a lot of, especially the BBC, bless them, that they lost, they lost oh. stuff or lost yes. stuff. Right. And it's not just Beatles stuff. It's the Beatles, it's the Stones, it's Doctor Who, it's all kinds of things. They're just gone. Yeah. Because yeah. they erase tapes, they they scrub tapes. They Top of the pops. I, I, yeah. I want to make another appeal. Um, for anybody who wants to find Beatles material, get yourself a Whovian. <laughs> the, the Doctor Who fans have done a remarkable job of finding about 65% of the wiped tapes and other sources. Yep. If you can find somebody to do that, get them on your side, you're going to get a lot more material. Some, somebody who knows somebody who's got a basement in South Africa who yeah. has something in the back room right. and they'll mm-hmm. find you a tape. Yeah. And, and probably they may even have Beatles footage. Yeah, I mean, there have been episodes of Doctor Who that have been found in Nigeria and Australia, even in Ontario. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, you know, my friend back there, Jan, is a Whovian also, so she's sitting there (coughs) nodding, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, it it would be an interesting, it would be an interesting research exercise, wouldn't it, though? You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but that that whole. I'd rather keep this in my collection. And you know, and they they probably never watch it. That's the thing. Yeah, they I mean, they have it. I mean, the whole BBC ownership thing. It's. Yeah. I mean, the BBC. No, we're all collectors in yes. this room, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole BBC uh, ownership because we are a crown corporation, which you see in most of their licenses, that doesn't always work, especially in this century. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So any, I'm just keeping an eye on the time because in about, um, what time are we supposed to be? I'm just 530. looking. Five thirty. Five thirty. Okay, oh. so we've got about fifteen minutes, so we can st- keep having this conversation. Yes, yes. Jim. Ah. Me too. 
and we also saw the little tiny bit of rock and roll music used in Get Back. Yeah. So we yeah. know he's got it, guys. We know Peter Jackson's hoarding all this stuff. Yeah. Exactly. It would be so beautiful to see those suits they're wearing so vibrant. Okay. Um, gentlemen in the back, and then, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or Get Back did it without the the goggles. I, I think that's what Let it. it Be Naked was trying to do yeah. before that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But the technology wasn't even there for that. Right. So there yeah. you go. But yeah, I think that that's basically because I I remember watching Get Back and, and thinking watching the process was was the most absolutely the most interesting part of the film. Watching watching the song Get Back go from nothing to a song on the roof yeah. yes. and seeing every stage in between was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen in my life mm-hmm. you know because you you don't really get to see the Beatles process you just hear the finished product and that was so cool so that would be very interesting yeah. yes Well, that would be part of a new revamped anthology yeah. 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 anniversary you would, <laughs> you would think you would think yeah <laughs> Yeah. What Peter Jackson said, he had 14 hours of that when he yeah. was going through now and then. Mm. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there, I'm sorry. Yes, in the back over there. Yes, and then. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Like an audio version of the Mark Lewison book. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be really interesting. Yeah, well, well, but this gentleman then would. Yes, go ahead. I just wanted to ask the panel what their impressions are. That, now that the two greatest hits albums have been re released along with Now and Then, how's your take on the Giles Martin remastering? Personally, I think some of them work, and some of them. I could do without the remix of I Am the Walrus. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, See, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed I'm the Walrus. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. it I, I might, but it's going to take not. me a little while. <laughs> yes. But you have it if you want to go listen to it. If you want to listen to the original, you can go put it on. It changes history. It's like on the Beatles channel now, what version of I Am the Walrus? Well, that's the wonderful thing about it is that we always play multiples, and what you see on the screen is what you are hearing. So if it's a mono version, you know, if it's stereo or if it's a German import, you know, we thankfully have access to all those things. So, yes, you will hear the 2023 mix, but then you've always got that good old 1967 mix to mm-hmm. fall back on. Um, but as far as your initial question, um, keep those early mixes coming. 
Yeah. I yeah. need yeah. that 1963, 1964 stuff, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. For those of you that listen to my show, mm-hmm. you guys know that's my favorite Beatle era. Mm-hmm. And give me more now, please. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... This is the sound on those new, the, those new mixes in 63. I don't know if it's less echo or more echo. On it's less echo, but it's such beautiful clarity like I can distinguish the differences from John Lennon's guitar to George Harrison's guitar and that is beautiful and to hear those harmonies sound that way uh, working in a radio studio I have the advantage of having those you know big giant speakers so when that came out I I put it on Spotify and streamed it through those speakers and I just started crying it was just so beautiful to hear things like even please please me that way mm-hmm. gorgeous yeah mm-hmm. it's so good give me more uh, okay go over here and then over there yes Susan, what I loved in uh, get back is how uh, happy and optimistic the post-concert banter was yes yes Incredible. definitely yeah. and that's stuff we didn't see in the original film right. so it's yes. definitely and Th- see, that's like we just said. It, that's a change in hi- in what we thought was history too. But we've been talking okay. in a lot of panels recently about the change, the right. changing views on history. Yes. Um, I should point out that when you say you're changing history, that's a very bad misnomer because okay. history is a continuous, living, growing body. Um, attitudes may change because perspectives may change, but. You're not necessarily altering the history. You have to remember that all historical study says, okay, this is what we think now. Let's see what we think as we go forward. Okay. I mean, look at a release like Let It Be Naked. That's kind of just been forgotten now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Except occasionally it ch- pops up on the Beatles. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not on that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Love the Winding Road mix. Uh, yeah, that's all I was just going to say. I will play that one forever. Okay, yes. Thank goodness we have more George. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Thank yeah. goodness. I mean, this, this goes back to the point of historical perspective. In the 1970s, the songs that they had released there said, yeah, these are the ones that are going to stand the test of time. And now, many years later, we've got other songs that uh, they look back in comparison and said, yeah, we should have probably put this around the first time, too, because at this particular moment, this is what we want to hold on to as great examples. And what Caitlin said about more George, that, yes. that you yeah. know, there was that, even into the 70s, there was this idea that George was, George was the little brother who was an okay songwriter, but he never, he got two tracks or maybe one track on a an album, you mm-hmm. know, and the fact that those re-releases have more George on them, because the estimation of George as a songwriter over the ensuing years has increased exponentially. We need that. And also, the, I'm the, just... Uh, yeah. Examples are like, um, supposed to be a best of or greatest hits. Yeah. Why do you have a seven-minute... I, I was just going to say, exactly I don't think that that was weighted. I didn't think you needed to put that on there. I no. think that was a Sean Lennon suggestion. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I think yeah. he came yeah. out and he yeah. said yeah. that. I think he did. So it, it was the powers that be. So it, it, it yeah, it's, it's the four people. So Ringo, Paul, um, Sean, and Olivia had mm-hmm. those discussions, and they Sean were the ones that did it. Yeah, John's. Something that Giles has said in, in past interviews, where he's being criticized, he's like, 
like, look, I work for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of the decision process is yeah, I, I do the stuff with it, and they listen to it, and they approve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet, did you have anything to say? I was just going to say, um, we talked about these as greatest hits compilations, which is, I think, a, the original point in the 70s was sort of like, hey, here are all the best Beatles tracks. But they're actually, by adding these new tracks, it becomes more of a timeline using representative tracks yes. as mm-hmm. you go through the history of the group yeah. well, that were not point. necessarily mm-hmm. hits or even standout tracks at the time. Good, good point, Jenna. Yes. Hey Bulldog now is like pretty revered, so they threw Hey Bulldog exactly. on, obviously, exactly. to and be on there. And I'm going to say that I, I bought those, the Red and the Blue album were my first Beatles albums that I got for my 14th birthday, and um, I, they'll always be dear to me because that was the thing, but I'm really happy about the new release. Yeah, and I was actually going to say to that, so for you, it was the Red and Blue album, and probably for Andy and myself, it was Beatles 1. Yes. And so I have a feeling that these new expanded Red and Blue albums will be that for Gen Z, Gen Alpha, and whoever else comes along, and I think that's why they wanted to revamp them and do it big, so that it will sound good to those ears. Mm -hmm. Twist and Shout, most people mistake it as a Beatles song yeah. anyway. I didn't learn that that was the Isley Brothers until I was maybe like 12. Well, yes, that's true. It, yeah, yeah, but yes. that was the first hit with it. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. we've got about two more minutes, so if anybody has a question. And then, and by the way, the next panel in here is the multi-generation fan panel, and we're going to have, Caitlin's going to be on that panel, Andy's going to be on that panel, Skylar in the back is going to be on that panel. Um, Wally Pedrazic should be coming in, um, and a couple of other people, so hang out for that, but uh, another comment. Yes, Tom. We talked about what could they do, and one of the things that I think Is this a question Dr. Malcolm asks? That's the best. The Beatles releases or the best. It's always going to be there to us. Anything that's coming now, the Gen Z's, the X's, whatever, we're just expanding the history. We're not taking it back. So my question is yes, we could expand it. We could do these things. The real question is should we? Okay. <laughs> before Jim, no, before Jim says this, I'm going to say something, okay? The people who say that the Beatles' American albums are not what the Beatles created and not what the Beatles wanted. So, like, and that's what we, old people like me, grew up on those albums, okay? And, and you know, people forget that. So, should they? I think so, because I think it's something that would, yeah. None of the guys who sent the checks back. No. Yeah. Or their estates. Change the history of this ever-growing. So the question um. in my mind, do we want to 
Okay, okay. Um, well, let's keep in mind this thought in that ultimately there will be people around who will want to do this later who will not necessarily be wanting to maintain the same standards we have. I'm going to leave you this as last thought. Uh, two things to keep in mind in that technology advances to the point where things like Peter Jackson's Mel can probably be downloaded as an app. Um, I should also point out that within 40 years, barring any other major changes on the Berne Convention, a lot of the stuff that people are looking for will become PD at that point. Mm -hmm. So everybody will be able to release their own rare tracks as themselves and possibly swap them around, which will give us an entirely new Beatles community come 2070. You're probably right. And the other thing I wanted to point out too is that um, especially in today's digital download world, okay, um, now that the Beatles can be downloaded from anywhere or listened to on Spotify in any order they want or whatever you want, younger fans, Gen Z, Gen Z and younger fans might not realize, I mean, if they're really big fans, they will, but, it, but a lot of people are just downloading the Beatles songs they want or downloading them in any order they want, and so do the albums have integrity? I think they do, but I think people who are downloading music don't necessarily care. According to, thing. according to the lawsuit that um, Pink Floyd had against uh, Sony, when they said you can't download this outside of the album, Sony won that case. Yeah. So, so as long as you can download, you know, you could download a day in the life, and you could download Drive My Car, and you could download I Want to Download I Want to Hold Your Hand, and you can listen to them in any order you want, and they're from three different albums, three different eras, three different sounds, and they're still the Beatles, but you're not realizing that they were part of a coherent album. Right. So when you said like originals of the of the Red and the Blue. Those aren't even originals either, because they right. pulled them off of other things. Well, but the, the but of the I know, but the, but the fact is the that digital stuff is great, and it's right. Fantastic. But I use this line a lot. They haven't improved on the spoon yet. But it's not. That's not the, the point. It's not about the. It's not about the digital stuff. It's about the order in which people download the digital stuff and listen to the digital stuff. It's less important to people who grew up simply downloading stuff that Sgt. Pepper is a coherent album, Abbey Road is a coherent album, Rubber Soul is a coherent album. They just download the tracks and, and listen to them in any order they want, put the iPod on shuffle, as it were, and and it's it matters less, I think. It really matters less. Am I wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me you're millennial, so. <laughs> I see it from both sides, though, because I grew up on albums. My parents brought me up on proper albums and when I was starting to listen to the Beatles music more so on my own it was done through CDs and I was listening to it yeah. from start to finish um, so I can't really speak on that because yeah. to me I still see it as a complete work mm -hmm. but but Gen Zers not so much my son because he also grew up on albums but Gen Zers like my son or like his friends don't care I mean, they know they might know Rubber Soul is an album, but they don't care if they listen to it. Uh, we have about two seconds. Yes. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yep. and it's so funny. Sometimes, yep. if you listen to my show, I'll play one song and I go, "Man, it's really hard not to start singing the one that's on next." Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I want to thank Andy, thank Jim, so Caitlin, and Janet. Um, hang out for the multi generation fan panel. We're gonna have an interesting discussion, which might hinge on what thank we just were talking about. Yes. Yeah, stick around. Don't go anywhere.